0: Fit Nation. Fitna-
1: awesome.
2: Dancing in the kitchen. You singing my favorite song. Swinging on the front porch Just laughing at the dogs I you swear you love me more When you're whispering goodnight All those little moments Are every reason why I'm homesick This feeling that I'm feeling though no, we don't quit It's like half of me is missing Heaven knows need you tonight till morning. Baby, that's the damn truth. If home is where the heart is, I'm homesick for you. Well, it says Kane Brown on a sign with a line out the door. And sold out some little town I've never been before. Yeah, they're screaming my name This is what we dreamed about But out here singing About you baby All I'm thinking about is how I'm Homesick This feeling that I'm feeling No we don't quit It's like half of me Is missing heaven Knows it, That all I want to do Is be alone you your brown tangled up just holding onto you tonight until the morn baby that's the damn truth if home is where the without- Like half of me is missing heaven
0: All right, all right, all right. Welcome back to the Misfit Nation. If you are a veteran and you are struggling or feel like you're leading a path towards the darkness, stop and think about those who are around you. Think about how they truly value you, how they will miss you. You are not alone. You need to talk to someone. Someone will listen to you. If you feel, feel like you will be a burden to someone or feel embarrassed to talk to one of your close friends, Call the anonymous hotline at 1-800-273-8255 and take option one for veterans. If you're a new listener, thanks for joining us. Please subscribe to our show on your favorite podcast apps. This also includes the military broadcast radio app. And check out our family of shows there. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel at the underscore Misfit Nation. That's the underscore Misfit Nation. This will keep you up to date with our latest news, episodes, and of course, the stories of our guests. Speaking of which... Our next guest lives in Westchester, Pennsylvania and Duck, North Carolina with her husband and dogs and spends as much time as possible with her two musketeers in Pittsburgh, the home of her beloved Steelers. In addition to continuing to work in corporate America, she teaches yoga, life coaches, leads retreats and writes about overcoming adversity, grief and success and sobriety uh, for publications, including Elephant Journal and the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. As side hustles. She's just published her first book, We've Got to Stop Meeting Like This, a memoir of misconnections. So, without further ado, let's welcome Donna Ferris to the Misfit Nation. Welcome, Donna.
1: Thank you so much. It's a real pleasure to be here.
0: It's awesome to have you on here and connect via, you know, it's very easy to connect now thanks to the inner world, internet world, and pod match and everything like that. So, we can reach out and touch people. And I, like we were talking in the pre show, you actually had family that has grew up not far from where I am here uh, in Paducah, Kentucky there. So That's right. we, we have some uh, close na- links here. So it's not bad. It's awesome. Uh, yes. And the, your Pittsburgh studios picked two quarterbacks the other day in the draft. So I'm sure you're happy about that. One very yeah. early, one later.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's a little tough to lose Ben, but, uh, yeah. but it, you know, it, it is time for change, I guess.
0: Yeah. Ben had to, he only had so much left in his tank. He took a lot of hits, but he had to, he had to move on. And, uh, hopefully he's doing good things with, with his uh, post NFL career now.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly.
0: So if, you if you don't mind on tell us a little bit about your backstory from as far back as you want to go to how you got to where you are now.
1: Sure. Um, so if I, I really have been talking more about the book and about resilience, which I think might be of interest to your listeners. I've, I've listened to some of your podcasts. I, I find them really um, inspiring. Um, and I, and I think you know, my tale uh, is a little bit about trauma. So I had three years where I uh, was divorced and then lost two people uh, very, very close to me within uh, two years. Uh, so that was a very, very difficult time for me. And and it, I went, during that time, I was taking yoga teacher training and yoga therapy training. So I thought my life when I started this out was you know, really bad because I was facing an empty nest, uh, which probably sounds crazy to a lot of people that might be listening, but it felt really sad to me. Um, and I didn't know what I was doing in my life. So I decided to take yoga teacher training. And then within um, really minutes of that decision, I found out my husband was cheating um, and then went down this path uh, with yoga teacher training and divorce at the same time. Um, which I thought was enough um, of devastation to me at the time, but then um, I lost uh, uh, one person and then quickly another person. So um, I didn't really have the ability to kind of compartmentalize the losses um, because they kept coming. So at some point I, uh, between, you know, having those experiences happen and doing the yoga teacher training, which was making me be you know, aware and meditating and realizing how much it was affecting me, I had to kind of figure out some way out of this uh, period. Um, and I had two kids that, you know, I was a single parent, I had two kids I had to take care of. I had two dogs that I loved that I had to take care of as well. Um, and I couldn't just, you know, um, you know uh, I, I didn't feel I could surf my life at that point. I had to figure it out. So um, that's what the book's about, um, and, and I do actually a workshop called Managing uh, Change with, with uh, Grace um, that I've been uh, really getting a lot of positive response uh, on, uh, and it has a lot of tools that, that I use to get through this time.
0: Awesome, and uh, I started reading your book. I've been pretty busy with work due to world events, but I read as much as I could. I've seen the, the first part about the, the Jersey Shore and the, the condo and such, and yeah. I grew up in New Jersey and got kicked out of the Jersey shore many times as a youth <laughs> um, before the the fist pumping stuff on MTV. But uh, uh, I understand uh, getting bored with your, your dream, as you said there, and in, in the prologue there, and your story gets a lot deeper as you get into the book, and and it shows your resilience as a human. And a lot of people don't understand how resilient they can be. Did you know? before this happened, how resilient you were, or did you just have it in the back of your mind that maybe I'll be strong enough to get through things?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think I, I had no idea I could get through it. I think there was definitely times, I think the, you know, the divorce to start with, um, I really believed in marriage. I thought this was something I was going to be in for the rest of my life, even if I wasn't happy. So, uh, you know, when that fell apart, um, I had an inkling that I could get through it. I felt, I think I had seen enough people get through it. Um, but then, when I lost the two people in in a short period of time, it really felt like I couldn't get out of that. That was that felt devastating. And and what happens too, you know, which you may have heard from other people or experienced yourself, is everybody else is kind of saying, "Oh no, you're you know, oh my gosh, I can't believe this is happening to you." So you kind of get the outside world um, also telling you that th- this is devastating. So it's really hard to get out of it. Um, but you know, luckily at the time. I kind of fell into some patterns, which helped me get out of it. I did daily meditation and readings that really helped me a lot. Yoga helped me a lot. Um, You know, when you're going through difficult times, just having a belief that there might be a little bit of positive each day. um, Not a lot. You can't really handle, you know, 5% happier, but maybe 3% happier. Um, You might be able to to, to manage. So finding just something every day that could kind of lift me up enough to imagine that there might be, you know, another side to this. Um, but when you're in the depths of it, it's really hard to see it. Um, so, and that's, that's one of the things I really recommend people do is try to, try to identify, you know, some self-care, some things that they really like to do that can lift them up just a little bit. Cause you know, when you lose somebody, you can feel there's, there's almost a guilt around not uh, feeling bad all the time um there's almost uh you know you're expected to feel that way but and not that you don't miss the person and you don't feel the loss but you know you also need to go on living you know they would want you to go on living so figuring that out is is really important on, on how you're going to continue um it's really important
0: We like to say here on the show you like to stack victories and so each day you do things that are like you said do three percent five percent happiness if you can stack victories each day, yeah, that builds that happiness for you or builds something else to think about besides the pain that's going on in your life and kind of helps you build that resilience, that resilient lifestyle to keep moving forward. Like you said, those we lose, they, they don't want us to sit and grieve our whole lives or, or just perpetuate that grief for forever. They want us to go on with our lives and live their, our lives like they would have wanted us to in the first place. So I think that's a very good point you brought up there.
1: Yeah, I love that stacking victories. I think that's a really a really good way of putting it. Um, I like that a lot. And I you know I think that you know, when you have losses like this too, there's trauma around it, right? And there's a lot of different ways to deal with trauma. Um, I I personally did emotional free freedom technique, which was very helpful. That's that tapping technique that's okay. used a lot in, in, in PTSD, uh, um, I mean PTSD. Um, and I've I, you know there's other there's other similar types of of tools, but uh, you know as I read during this time, if you don't find a way to kind of get past this difficult time, uh, especially if you have traumatic grief, um, you can get sick within 12 to 18 months. So it's 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 important to kind of realize that you're in it, try to find a way to accept what's happened and find a way to learn from it and move forward. Um, I think one of the most important things about losing somebody is realizing how short life really is um, and that we need to make the most of it um, as, you know, as we move forward, sounds really easy to do. It's not, we, I think we all know this, Um, but it it is a reminder um, of, of, you know, how, how, you know, precious the life that we have is.
0: And another thing, enjoy, enjoy every moment. of life. don't harp on things, enjoy things moving forward. I think that helps a lot of people to make it through yeah. and and to actually have a, a productive day or productive week, month, year and just keep stacking until you get to the point where you still have that memory, but you're also having a good life at the same time.
1: Yeah, exactly. And the gratitude. I think you were getting right. getting to that. Like Brene Brown says, you can't people that um in all our studies, you know, people that have experienced joy or have joyful lives, always have gratitude in there. And I know sometimes people can kind of go, oh, no, she's going to talk about a gratitude journal. And I'm not, (laughs) you know, I just, you know, even if you can just be thankful for little things like, you know, when I was going through this time, I could just be grateful that there was milk in the fridge that wasn't spoiled for my coffee. That, that was all I got, you know, but I could be grateful for that. You know, everything else could kind of fall apart, but like at least that one little thing is enough to say, okay, that's something, um, and, you know, and, and that that made a huge difference for me during that time.
0: I bet it did. Uh, these experiences, I mean, they all stacked on you at one time. we say stack victories. You stacked a lot of hardships on you at one time. How did that change your perspective on life moving forward?
1: Thank you for asking that. That's a good <laughs> question. You know, it changed it changed not only my perspective, but it changed me, I think. I mean, I don't, I've had people read the book and say, you know, you literally changed as a person. I mean, I came in as a hard charging, you know, corporate type, you know, I had done, I'd been pretty successful. Um, I I had a lot of things, you know, and, I, and that was important to me. And I had starting to realize that it wasn't that important to have things, but I didn't know what else to do. I didn't know how else, you know, I, I started off the book saying, um, I wanted friends that didn't, uh, that I didn't have connect with in, in, in just wine, work and shopping, because that's pretty much what I was about. And so during the course of this, because, you know, I had these repeated things happen and my world kind of fell apart. And then I realized just how important it just wasn't, like, I would have given away everything I owned to get back days with the people that I lost. And, and that was, you know, that fundamentally changed me. Um, you know, I, I, and during, you know, soon after this time I sold my house, I divested of a lot of the things I had Um, and I, you know, you mentioned I'm in Duck, North Carolina. I bought a place that I could do retreats at to help people going through similar times, you know, grief and, and sobriety. Eventually also I became sober because one of the things, great thing to do is if you write your story and you keep seeing, you know, things that happen, the bad things happen when you have wine in your hand, (laughs) you tend to go, Oh, wait a minute. That's not helping me either. Um, And, and so, you know, I made all these different changes. So, I think the biggest thing that probably changed is that, you know, the life is too short piece of that, of that discussion that we had earlier. And I think it's everywhere. Like the part of the reason I got sober was, you know, I wanted to remember everything that was happening in my life and really use all of the, the time of my life. And I was constantly sitting, you know, watching Bravo, uh, which I love still, but I don't drink anymore. And so I would just kind of lose that whole night every night, um, so I think everything is around, um, and that's why I wrote the book, and that's why I'm here talking to you, is, you know, can I help people with, with tools, you know, on their journey um, that will help them get through difficult times? And we've been through some really difficult times here in the last few years. Um, and I think a lot of people are coming out now and, and trying to figure out what their lives are all about, um, you know, after COVID, after um, the difficulty we've been through
0: the last uh two plus years now with with the covid and uh of course the media both sides of the media ripping us apart it seems to try to make us yeah. become enemies within each other and uh that hurts more than they they understand i guess i mean i know they want ratings but it kind of it hurts a lot more than it actually helps it, it might help the one person that's listening to them that likes them that's why i stopped watching the news a long time ago when i was when i was deployed. i stopped watching the news because i would just get mm. mad at what they were saying because uh, it, it wasn't true in the uh, and I told my parents not to watch it while I was deployed. And of course, they didn't listen. They're still glued to it. my dad still watches the news every night. And uh, it's like a, it's like the Bible for me. He has to watch the news and see what's going on, what the lottery numbers are, what the weather is, and get everything the same as it always has been. But I don't watch it at all. I don't even have TV here. I watch Netflix a
1: lot. But <laughs> me too. Me too. <laughs> that keeps I'm the it. same. I don't really watch news at all. I mean, I understand where you're coming from. I, I watch CNBC occasionally because it tends to still decides and it becomes numbers but beyond that even that can be swayed so yeah. I, I tend not to, to watch too much of it myself I agree. I agree
0: so I mean you made the decision to go to sobriety what approach did you use to get sober because you said you always had that wine in your hand through good times and bad times and there was always something that there was Donna with that wine so how did you what approach did you take to make that
1: the decision yeah so yeah I um I did the alcohol experiment, which is, um, so that's 30, it's a 30 day program, um, done by, uh, this naked mind is in it's Danny grace is the, is the woman who, who started it. Um, and I just happened to hear her on a podcast. Um, it was about three days after my beta reader for my book said to me, I'm really disappointed. I thought you were going to talk about your drinking problem. And, and I hadn't talked about my drink. I didn't, actually acknowledge I had a drinking problem until she said it. I think that was the moment I, you know, because I didn't bottom out in drinking. I took, it takes year. It took me years to kind of like decide that it was time to stop. And it was that final thing. So, so we had that conversation. I was shocked and angry, of course. And then three days later, I'm walking my dog in, you know, in Westchester uh, on the sidewalk. And I hear this podcast by Dan Harris, 10% happier podcast with Annie Grace, and that's, and I actually signed up for the alcohol experiment for March 1st, 2021, Um, and I've been sober since that day, Uh, and she, and her approach is, is pretty uh, interesting. She tells you, you can drink the whole way through the 30-day experiment if you want to, but she progressively tells you all the reasons that you shouldn't, you know, including, um, you know, mostly uh, things like, for me, I have, I had anxiety, so for me, she, you know, showed um, the health and the scientific reasons why alcohol hurts anxiety and makes you more anxious. And that was one of the main factors that in the cancer issues um, that it can create uh, that I quit. I mean, it was, it, you know, she gives you that type of information. You can't deny it. It's like, oh, well, wait a minute. And, and for me, I was already on this wellness journey. I was, you know, drinking almond milk and I was, you know, I was trying to low fat and, you know, all these different things. And then I'd still be drinking six bottles of Chardonnay. So it didn't really work. It was kind of like, I, I couldn't unsee that, you know, I had to say, okay, well, that's not really good for me. What am I doing? You know?
0: I mean, it's a year over a year now. So that's a very good thing. Congratulations on that. And that great work and the- I recognize like you said uh not recognizing you had the problem that that kind of helps to uh having someone reach out to hey guys, you, didn't, you didn't talk about your drinking problem what do you mean uh, <laughs> so, yeah. and, I, and I actually <laughs> couldn't
1: i actually couldn't say i didn't actually i had to actually cop to it it was like hard because we were across from each other and i had to say you know uh, i should have <laughs> and then i was like oh my god i just admitted to this you know i i um it was a hard one. It was really hard one, but it, I mean, it was a gift and I didn't know her. So I, I couldn't, like I couldn't. It, and probably that's why she said it. I mean, and I've had other people say things. There are other leads in the book, you know, that, that, you know, they say, oh, well, I wish you would have gone more into this. And there's a lot of things when you write a book, you know, it just cut, you have to cut them. Um, but that's one that, that I really, I mean, I, I still had written it. I had written my way into this problem um, that I had to uh, admit.
0: So how long after you started your journey. Did the book come out? Uh, the sobriety journey.
1: Um, I was, so I, it was, it was, uh, well, I started, Mar- I was sober March 1st and the book came out January 1 of this year. Oh wow, okay. so Yeah. Was- so, I, so in the process of that too, is that when I had that, there was a lot of thoughts that I didn't talk about about my drinking that I had to go back in. And, and now that I was being honest, I had to say, Well, this is what I was really thinking, right? And I was constantly thinking that when I woke up, like, you know, why did I do that again? Like, why did I blow through the two drinks and go to five, which, you know, is a bottle of wine, which I happen to know (laughs) it's five glasses, five of my glasses of wine is a bottle of wine. So I, I, you know, I had to, I had to, you know, redo some of the book because, um, you know, I wanted to be honest about it uh, at that point is what I was really thinking during those times.
0: I'm sure it helped out and helped make the book even more, have more clarity for not just you, but for those who get to read it and say, hey, I have the same issue. This is going to help me out now and push them forward.
1: Yeah, because the the problem for us, great, what we call ourselves gray area drinkers for whatever reason, but we do. It's kind of like we, it is hard to see it until for me, it was, you know, I realized that I was, well, the beta reader told me, but I also realized that I was constantly counting how many glasses I was having and I was trying to stop, but I couldn't. You know, I was having this fight with it. And I was feeling bad every time I went to the wine store. And, you know, I feel bad about myself, but I had to go. You know, it, that that fight with myself, once I decided to quit, it all went away. All that energy that I was, you know, and money and calories that I was, you know, had around this thing went away. And it's been a relief, you know, not, to not fight with it. And I still still see people fighting with it. And I um I feel for them. You know, I I I you know I hope they they um they find peace with it one way or the other. Um, you know, I'm not a I'm not a missionary to get everybody sober. I know there's a lot of people that that can drink, you know, and 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 do it in a way that's that's okay for them. I'm just not one of them, you know.
0: Six I don't know if you drank six bottles of Chardonnay in a night, that's a lot. (laughs) Hopefully it's like over weekend or something.
1: no, I mean, I, I would say there's times, you know, with other people that you end up drinking a couple, oh, yeah, yeah. you know, I mean, by nature of a, of a group of people over an evening, it's not pretty what that looks like for me, but, but I know I did it. Yeah. Yeah, I did it.
0: Make some nice lamps out of bottles. That's good.
1: <laughs> exactly. I had, yeah. I had all the candlesticks. I was good. I had to put <laughs> candles in every bottle. They had nice little drippies down them. It was really nice. I mean, I was the wine lady. I had a lot of, you know, I, I had all the things. Um, yeah.
0: It's like a fancy Italian restaurant with the wine, the wax coming <laughs> down the wine bottle.
1: <laughs> exactly. I knew all the pairings, too. I mean, I could do it. <laughs> I still can. You know, I just. You don't, don't need to. It anymore. It's not I just you don't now. need to. Yeah, yeah I'm, I, I'm a much cheaper date. That's for sure. <laughs> it's funny how much you spend. Yeah, oh, exactly. Yeah. It's funny how much you spend on drinks.
0: Definitely. Uh, are there any regrets that you have pre, pre all the adversity happening to now?
1: You know I think it's always around the kids. I think it's always you know there's things that I wish I had done differently um around the divorce. you know, I wish I had um, you know told my kids differently about the divorce. Um, I wish you know I wish that I had handled myself better. I mean, some of the most difficult behavior um in the book is probably around that time. you know, I was drinking too much, i you know, as I went back out into online dating, I, you know, thought of myself first, you know, it was, you know, I suddenly had this midlife crisis, um, you know, uh-huh. which was, um, I had a lot of fun online dating, but, you know, it was, it was, a, it, you know, I didn't put my kids probably first during that time. Luckily they were mostly adulthood, you know, adults, but, but in looking back, I wish I had done better with that. Um, they've been very kind and, and, you know, they, they would, I don't, th- they don't tell me these things, but I, I know from writing the book, you look back at it, it's just not, it's not my favorite things. And I, you know, I wish there was times where I would get my, I would get annoyed um, about little things with people I loved that I wish I hadn't done. You know, I wish that I had, um, I had taken the time to, to realize that we could, I could lose them. And I think that that is something we all do. You know, it's that guilt around loss. I think I mentioned before, um, but I think you also said so eloquently earlier, they loved you. you know they they don't want you to be unhappy. It's exact I think that's exactly true. So trying to remember those things. But also, as you go forward, not take you know, not doing them. You know, train if you get frustrated or if you know you're going through a tough day, you know, trying not to take that out on people around you, but it's not easy to do. Um, it's It's really not.
0: It takes a lot of control and resilience to not take it out on others, especially. If you're having a bad day and the other person doesn't know you're having that bad day, they can say one thing and it'll just uh, snowball into something horrible and you wind end up losing a friend or you get in trouble for something. They shouldn't have yeah. been at that point. And that's a very bad thing that can happen. Uh, yeah.
1: yeah. Building awareness that you're feeling that way right. and then knowing to like step away from the situation or eat. A lot of times for me, it's just I need to eat <laughs> <laughs> or, or, you know, step away from the situation somehow um, will help a lot. Yeah. But those are the things I regret. Is is the way i you know the way I may have treated people during those times.
0: So I mean, you you conquered. Uh, I wouldn't say conquered. You you battled through this adversity and uh and you you became sober. You wrote your book. That's a definition of success, right there for most people on the outside looking in. Do you view it as success, or what is your definition of success?
1: Oh, I love that question. Um, you know, I think my my definition of success is now being able to be myself, you know, with all of these facets, you know, I think when you, um, you know, I had in the book, you know, I talk about, I had, um, you know, childhood trauma and I had all these things happen to me and then I was drinking, you know, too, I had all these different compartments that I had in my life that were, you know, affecting how I reacted around people and, you know, finding a way to be your actual self um, as much as possible, in all of the places that you, you know, you are in, the people that you interact with, the work that you do, um, I think that's success. If you can if you can find a way to be your um actual self um as much as possible um and not have to hold things back. And that doesn't mean like you just I mean that means also you have to be kind and you have to have, you know, it doesn't mean that you tell everybody exactly what you think all the time. It's that you can be your um all parts of yourself and and not hold back. And And I think that's hard. I think that's, I think that's incredibly hard in, in works work today. I, I mean, I have a job and I I don't talk about my employer because um, I keep these things separate, but I do have a place that I can do that. You know, today I can be myself and I can, you know, um, talk about these things uh, and, and be accepted. And I think that's, that's what you want. You want to have that ability to, to be, to be yourself. Um, And that's a a big deal. I think it's hard for a lot of people.
0: Definitely is. And uh... You said to have an at work life, work life uh, balance like you have right now, and being the same person at work as you are in life. That's sometimes it's not attainable for some people because if you're themselves at work, they'll probably get fired. Uh, yeah. So you have to really be different in all aspects of their lives. So it's really hard to do that for some people. I try the same yeah. way as you: be the same person everywhere I go, and, and listen, listen to people, and then then answer or, or respond to what they're saying at that point, and not. Just jump on them and things like that, because that that makes it a horrible situation for not just you trying to be your true self but for them trying to get a point across,
1: yeah, I mean and that means that doesn't mean that i that you tell them everything that's going right. on with you, but it means that you can have genuine connection with people because everybody you know there are, the the hope is we get to a point where we all you know there's no bad othering this is what Tara Brock calls it where you look at somebody and then you say they're they're different than you, and they're wrong, and they're not, you know, finding ways to connect with people, you know, one-on-one, and we all can connect on something, you know, Sharon Salzberg says, at least everybody wants to be happy, even if somebody you don't, you know, like, they want to be happy just as much as you want to be happy, Um, that's something you can connect on, and finding those ways to connect with people, and being in environments where you can do that more often than not. You know, I feel like that success, I can't really, I can't really, because I don't really care about, I'm not saying I don't care about money, but I don't care about money the way I did, right? That 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 was the only measure of success, the the money, the material and all of that. I think that's what's changed in the course of this, this time and losing the things I lost and just getting, you know, really having everything shift. That's the benefit is that I see things, you know, very differently um, and connect very differently than I used to, which is a gift for me.
0: Awesome. It's great that you have the clarity now to see that and and be able to acknowledge that and and move forward. If, if there's a listener out there that's going through some uh, I'm sure not everyone's going to go through as much as you went through in one period, but if they're going through a snowball effect in their lives of bad things, what kind of tips would you give them to try to process it and get through it? I
1: think the number one thing to do is, is identify things that, um, that make you feel safe and secure. Um, And and you know what they are. Um, I think one of the things that I learned from my yoga therapy training is that we can't really tell anybody anything. We can only create a safe space for them to kind of have their own um, epiphanies, their own journey. Um, So I think, you know, whatever way that you internalize and figure out and listen to your brain, um, you know, listen to what you need Um, And, and what self care you need, and really lean on that during that time. Because, you know, if you lose somebody, or you're, you know, you lose your job or whatever, you won't be able to do your next best thing, if you're not sleeping, or not eating, or, you know, drinking, or a lot of or doing drugs or a lot of other things. If you're not taking care of your body, um, and your mind and spirit, um, you won't be able to do the next best thing for you. Um, so it's really coming back to that one thing. And, and, and I had it today. I had a, I had something at work and it just was really a frustrating situation. And, um, you know, my, I needed to think about what my next best thing was, but I was starving. (laughs) And so I went upstairs and I heated up something and then, you know, and I sat back and I took care of myself for five or 10 minutes. Right. And then I was able to think clearly for my next best thing, um, but if I hadn't done that, I would have probably zipped off a mean email and, you know, 20 other things that probably would have, in the end, created more problems for me, right? So I think I think that's the big thing. And it's not an easy thing to do. It's not the first thing we do. It's not, in most cases, I'm not saying this is easy. It's not. I, but I do think that that I have a list of things that I do when I am feeling um, that overwhelmed, edgy way I have this list of things and and it usually starts off with eating and sleeping um and usually can I can I walk outside could I walk outside for five minutes and I bet it will feel differently hopefully Um, dogs are good too (laughs) dogs are great for that too
0: I have four of them I understand
1: (laughs) oh they're the best they're the best
0: they're the best and the worst sometimes
1: (laughs) (laughs) I hear that I hear that (laughs)
0: Uh, where's the best place for someone to pick up your book and how to how's uh, someone get in contact with you, maybe talk to you about getting into yoga or going to your retreats in Duff, North Carolina?
1: No, that's great. And I also have, I'm actually um, doing a workshop at Kripalu, which is the number one yoga, yoga retreat center in the country, and that's in October. Um, uh, the best way to get my book, um, I'm on, on Amazon, but also you can get me uh, in Barnes and Nobles. Um, independent bookstores can also um, find the book, um, so I'm I'm kind of wide. I'm also on Audible, um, so there's an audio version of the book, uh, which um, I'm pretty happy with. And then, um, to find me, my, um, you can just Google Donna Ferris, um, F E R R I S and yoga, and you'll come up, you'll, you'll, come up with me, but the, the actual site is, um, minichangeyoga.com. So it's mini like the car. Cause I had one and I love my mini, um, change and then yoga, all one word. Um, and you'll find me, uh, but I'm on Facebook, you know, with Donna Ferris, you'll find me there too. and, 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 and um, uh, Instagram.
0: Awesome. Thank you, Donna, for taking some of your time to share with the Misfit Nation your journey, your book, your your story of resilience. It was an amazing chat.
1: Well, thank you so much. And thank you to your listeners for their service.
0: Awesome. Thank you. Turn that
3: bottle up and drag it, crank that jukebox up and hack it. Bartender for another round. Here's to our best, bad decision situation. Over. Oh, and memories we all need to train. So fill your cup, raise it up, jump in, and join the club, and float this Whiskey River Reservoir. We're gonna spend the weekend in the deep end of the dive bar. Cause up in here, you're not the only love that left or lost and lonely one who's ever swam against the tide. Thank you, it it's just the safest of places that a broken heart can find to hide So here's a toast coast to coast With a big old audio. Two wishes wasted on them falling stars We're gonna spend the weekend In the deep end of a dive bar It's just chapter after chapter happy never Bar of still believers wear our heart out on our sleeves just going where the knee neon- I'm Never quite hang her hanger her Way too long There's Just buzzing Where the neon glows the bottom, We've all got them Let them sink down To the bottom Doesn't matter Who or where you are We're gonna spend The weekend In the deep end The fighting Yachts just Come on in To the deep end Of the dive. This dive bar. We're talking about a dive bar. Thanks, guys. Hope you enjoyed
0: that. You know how we do this. Thanks for taking some of your time to spend with us on this Fit Nation. This, 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 Fit Nation. Be sure to hit that subscribe button and share the link as much as possible. If you want to, please become a supporter to help us carry this thing on. We appreciate you. If you know someone that brings that energy, has a great story, is an up-and-comer in any industry of music, in the arts, have them reach out to us on TheMisfitNation.com. We will get back to them within one day and get them on here so they can share their story with the world. As always, till next time, be humble, stay hungry, and keep hustling, because we are... It's Fit Nation.